0: All right, great time at the cinema. So let's uh, move to Greg. So, Greg, I understand you had not seen Deadpool 1 as of last week.
1: No, I watched Deadpool 1, uh, what's today, Tuesday? I watched it Sunday, like around 11 o'clock. I was was like, all right, this is cool. You know, growing up, I didn't really fuck with Deadpool. I was like, who's this guy trying to look like Spider-Man with guns? (laughs) But I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like the anti-hero uh, theme um you know shout out to burn victims uh i mean i, I dug the whole <laughs> i dug the whole theme of the movie just like uh i mean we know how all these superhero movies are like blockbuster movies and i like that it was kind of a movie that didn't take itself serious and also shitted on itself at the same time and i just like when hollywood does that Uh-oh.
2: Show Me the Meaning, a Wisecrack movie podcast, and one of our selected shows for this episode on Deadpool 2. So make sure to go check out that great movie podcast, and hopefully you stick around for this one. This is Mark as Played, the movie podcast on movie podcasts, and the discussions that come from not only the movies themselves, but from the podcasts we listen to. I'm Michael Denniston of Sober Cinema, and joining me today will of course be... I guess I should say, unfortunately, yet again, Hiro of the True Romance Film Podcast, as we give our thoughts on handsome Ryan Reynolds being ugly yet again, and it still works out for him.
3: All right, man. So we are back again for Marcus played. This time we're we're revolving our discussion around Deadpool two, the you know highly anticipated Deadpool two, the departure from the genre. <laughs> uh, right as, as has been told, the breath sure. of fresh air yeah. is what this is. Yeah, um, and this is uh, discussion about how should we say, uh, you know, movies maybe trying to have their cake and eat it too a little bit, and you know, railing or mocking a genre, but in something that they're actively trying to participate in. I guess is, is the way you were, you had framed. Yeah, with me.
2: yeah, I think that that's something. Just seeing the the trailer for uh, Deadpool two in front of Avengers and war, the the idea, you know, kind of struck me because the people that were, uh, laughing the hardest were the ones wearing, you know, their iron man shirts and, uh, Avengers gear for Avengers. And clearly are the people that are the, the probably the most, uh, emotionally and financially invested in a new comic book film. And, uh, I, I, I guess it's something you can applaud that they, uh, they, they can take the joke that they, uh, they like having Ryan Reynolds, uh, sort of wag his finger in front of their face. But um, the thought did come to me uh, way back with the first Deadpool that I'm like, I wonder how long this series can go on. How long can they sort of base a franchise around a character saying uh, this film uh, and the, the sequels come are all a big waste of time and they're all stupid. And you're you're kind of stupid for uh, getting that excited about them.
3: I wouldn't. It, it, it,
2: just as you were talking
3: uh, have you seen like the scary movie spoof series? Have you seen those? That's funny.
2: That just came up uh, the other day in another conversation. I, I think I've only seen the first one or at least that's the only one I have memory of seeing. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. But that franchise I, I might
3: even still be going. I'm not sure. But I know they made like, a, a ton of them. And that's kind of a similar situation where you're spoofing a very or, or poking fun at a very uh, focused – um Film or type of film or genre or whatever but at the same time the same kind of crowd comes out to see it because it's not like a, there's a comedy crowd or there's a horror crowd there was like just a go out to the theater and watch this thing I don't know it's just it feels like it was very similar in nature and I know during our conversation you brought up Austin Powers right. as well that only lasted with three movies but in I guess in that time you know when Austin Powers was coming out the, the, the trilogy was the uh the, the best you could do. I mean, outside of like Freddie and Jason, right? I mean, yeah. Three movies. Yeah. Back was then the I think
2: if you went beyond three. There was a, uh, there was sort of the stigma. You, you had lost your way. If you, if you went to a part four that yeah. you were somehow low rent, which, uh, uh, now you're just, you're leaving money on the table. I guess they've, <laughs> they've finally come around to that. Uh, but I think the scary movie example is, uh, is interesting because, and and that's maybe why I didn't uh, continue on uh, with the uh, that glorious franchise from the uh, the Weinstein brothers, and their, their genius. Yeah, they'd already produced their their films through Dimension for the Scream series, which I would I would say Scream is uh, probably closer to Deadpool than maybe even Scary Movie as far as trying to ride that line, uh, as far as pointing out it's like yes. here are all the stupid uh tropey bullshit things that happen in these films, uh and now you're going to enjoy our version of it where we do the same thing. Like these characters sing them to their, their death. And even that, like I, I really liked the first two of those, but I and I did see the third one, but uh uh I I remember feeling like alright, this joke has, has played out, so uh, but but maybe the you know continued success of superhero movies in that genre from Marvel, does that give like a wealth of just ever increasing material for something like a Deadpool series to just bounce off of? Uh, I don't know if it, it gives a wealth of increasing material. I know that it will give
3: wealth <laughs> because I mean, in the end, it is a superhero movie, and all your Captain America T-shirts are going to be out there. You know, it's it's the world we live in. It's it's cinema, the state of cinema. So I think that. Um, they, the fans can call this a departure or a satire or whatever you want to it be, it be. But in the end, it's just a comic book movie, right? And it's still gonna, I think Deadpool will, will run, have a really successful run. I think we'll make it to six or seven or something Jesus. like that. Guarantee it. Cause right, well, Ryan Reynolds wasn't exactly like setting the world on fire. They kept handing him franchises and he was like dropping bombs. He was like, born to he's like
2: born to be a star for some reason he was the betrothed well i mean he's got the the look right he's got the i would say he's got the charisma he's got the charm for it good charisma yep um but maybe it's just what he picked maybe it's his his agent maybe it was maybe i don't uh i I will say for the man that he uh god probably 10 years back I, i remember i think it was like 2007 someone saying that uh you know, Ryan Reynolds is going to get a Deadpool movie made like that's going to. And I remember telling that person, like, you're an idiot. There will never be a Deadpool movie like that's no one like no one in the mainstream is going to accept this character. And why do you think that? I, I mean, because I didn't I'm not a comic book guy. So I did. not well,
3: Did you think that this brand of of comic book stuff wouldn't fly?
2: OK, so that at that point, you know, we've had uh, we've had what Batman, Superman, Spider-Man and X-Men. Those are, those are those were the four, yeah. and I felt like I felt like X Men was one that coming out in two thousand. I didn't know which way it would go then. I like I was a uh, I liked comic books when I was a kid, and you know I still liked them up through my uh, probably like mid twenties. I, I still like read uh, weekly, you know the, the the Wednesday comics as far as like the characters I followed, and I was a little bit different from I guess my fellow uh, nerd uh, brethren there that I, I thought there were some things that, that play on the page and in particular in those nerdy comic book shops and they don't play for general audiences and X-Men in 2000, I thought maybe a bridge too far. So I certainly thought something like Deadpool, which is going to, you know, even in the comics, he, he breaks the the fourth wall. Uh, he's making fun of, uh, the other comic book characters. I, I just never thought that, Comic book movies would be that well established that you would have that much material for where people would get the jokes, or enough so that everyone's in on the joke for Deadpool because that was pretty much that was that was just for the comic shop people for a long time.
3: And, but shockingly, I mean, it crossed over and made what six hundred million dollars yeah. or yeah. seven hundred million dollars. I'm still continually yeah.
2: surprised, even with the success of like Iron Man, which we've talked about on our previous episode, is uh, you know it was a like a B list comic book character before before uh, marvel uh introduced him to the world in 2008 with robert Downey jr all the way up to i think yeah 2014 was guardians of the galaxy even then after all the after you know six years of success i i thought that summer i was like i don't know if that one will be a hit i was like that that you know a talking raccoon like firing guns and uh i was like yeah that that that's probably it you're pushing people too far after that, I, I sort of throw my hands up and I'm like, well, I, you know, I have no idea how long this will continue. But they pretty much the, the Marvel brand is so well established that I guess you can't have Fox leeching off that with their, their X-Men version of the characters in that world and, and uh, poking fun at them. But who knows? I mean, we live in a world where, where Justice League, where you get Superman and Batman together for their first big team. Their version of the Avengers makes less than Thor, Ragnarok or Black Panther. It's it is a it is a crazy sort of a crazy cinematic landscape right now. I think that we might have to point the finger a little bit at the or a lot
3: of it at the quality of the movies. That's you know from just a base level filmmaking standpoint. You know the the Justice League movie that you brought up as an example is a hot mess. I mean, it's a fun hot mess, but it's a hot mess nonetheless. And the when we were talking in the previous episode with Melissa McCarthy and some of these other actors. Sex Or, whatever, or oh, it was a,
0: yeah. No, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> the previous episode with uh, PTA about the credit. Also a sex spot you know? Yeah, sure. Yes. So, <laughs> the credit for DC isn't exactly great with Batman versus Superman and some of these things, Su- Suicide Squad or whatever. So, maybe, you know, Deadpool, for what they were trying to do, they did it pretty well. I'll have to give them that. You know what I mean? Like they, the original Deadpool, meant to just have some jokes and still be a superhero movie bottom line that's all it is and it succeeded at that so um i think that maybe it points into it the direction of the quality of something like guardians of the galaxy where you know you like you said you got the talking rabbit or raccoon or whatever the hell he is and then he you know it's introduced us but it's introduced us in a in a fun sort of way it, it
2: plays on just decent movie making you know james gunn did a pretty good job bottom line It may be me being too much of an insider, or at least at that point, where I don't, I don't want to say it's like a protective thing where it's like, these are my characters and, you know, no, you know, average person can understand like what makes them great. But I will use my, my wife as an example. And I would say to her, never, as far as I know, having like read comics, um, Rocket Raccoon is (laughs) no more ridiculous than the Winter Soldier, really. You know, they're <laughs> these these are all just sort of for the most part like power fantasies, like of people like getting robotic arms and uh doing ridiculous things, and so yeah, sure, uh, Bradley Cooper is the voice of a raccoon who uh flies a spaceship, about the same as the uh American frozen uh decades ago in a war, uh <laughs> picked up by the Russians, mind controlled, and then now has a metal arm. Like I think to the average person. Mm. It's it's all it's not much of a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's all high fantasy. So maybe that makes it uh, easier to swallow.
3: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the you know, like the burned guy who can
2: heal or whatever, whatever, who has tons of jokes.
3: That's all. It's all the same. Um, I think that the Deadpool jokes or the jokes where they're pointing the finger aren't as uh, insulting to the fan base as they could be. Like if if Deadpool came out and like spent the entire film mocking them. For the trash that they, they're paying <laughs> tickets for and, 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 the death of cinema and just, you know, you had Martin Scorsese pull a cameo up in there. Like, if you spent an hour, like, completely berating
2: them, maybe I could see. You're talking the, about the, getting like, a little inside the, baseball there with having Scorsese, uh, give a lecture, you know, in, in real two. Yeah. Uh, that one, I think my wife would lean over and be like, "What? The, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Why are they doing this?" Well, it could be like a, it could be like, what was the guy in? Um, it's in the Woody
3: Allen movie uh, in Manhattan where he kind of breaks so the fall the author. Like yeah, like, yes, the, I can't remember. Yes, okay. It's the author. It could Kurt be just Vonnegut? like that, you know? Was it'd be him? the Deadpool version. Oh, I don't think so. It was. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, maybe it was. But either way. Well, the, the guy steps out of the crowd. and be like Scorsese, like Coppola. It they like, "Look, you idiots! You know, look what you like, all you're spending your money on is this trash." And he's sitting here making fun of you for an you know an hour and a half, two hours. Um, maybe that would impact it, but even then, I'm still doubtful. I think that they'll still turn out. They just, you know, it's hard to think when the, when you're breathing out of your mouth that for that much of of a runtime.
2: I'm Google is telling me uh, Marshall uh, McLuhan. So, sure.
3: Curvonic like sounded better, but uh. <laughs> well,
2: it was someone I recognized. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, just
3: took a, you took a shot. What author would have been popular in the seventies? And uh, you took a shot, buddy. Appreciate the effort.
2: Okay, he was uh, according to this, he was a last minute replacement for uh, Fellini. Oh, so uh, there's a name I would have known, and uh, probably that's a little bit of fanboyism on uh, Mister Allen's part. Yeah, probably to, to to get someone I guess he revered to, uh, oh, to put uh, cool. some jerk. In his place, some average, you know, film goer. Um, Kurt Vonnegut. I don't know what I was thinking. That's that's my fandom for "Can't Hardly Wait" because he's he's Jesus. The, <laughs> he's the big, along with Jennifer Love Hewitt. He's the big white whale for Ethan Embry in that film, and uh, both have their place in a young man's life. But so, do you
3: think that the, the the insults that are being lobbed at the genre in Deadpool or Austin Powers or any of these movies are that? severe that they would ever hint, hint, like hurt you know the, the the longevity of the franchise like that
2: no not not the way deadpool plays it like when you're you were suggesting maybe they go uh they get a little rougher uh Hell with yeah their, man tell their, them what they their, really uh, are their attacks yeah these are more like uh love taps that i actually think the the people who really enjoy like there's a trailer moment in deadpool where uh the, the characters i believe making for a like, fun of cable for, uh, being so dark and brooding and like ask him if he's in a DC movie or ask if they are in DC movie at that very moment. And the, uh, laughter there, uh, that I got in my Avengers crowd was, uh, you know, he's to your point, he's not pointing the finger at them. He's actually just pointing and nudging them. Like basically like it's, it's sort of like, nostalgia porn like hey remember the time and it's like they're yeah. like yes i i get that and i agree with you deadpool dc movies suck and these are better and yeah i think the stuff that probably uh, attacks the consumers directly doesn't doesn't go over well or is entirely misunderstood and then they the fandom appropriates it in different ways something like fight club uh you know the people who <laughs> went out and were inspired by that film to go beat the shit out of each other. Uh, are, are the ones that are like totally missing the point and gleefully doing so. Uh, or, or even I guess you could make the accusation and I'm guilty of it where, uh, if you, if you like Fight Club, uh, you probably want to like have some like a Fight Club poster. Right. Or, uh, you know, some people have, mocked. yeah, it's, it's mocked, but it's also, you know, even before it became like, uh, I guess a newer version of like the Scarface poster in the dorm room, even way back in the day, even if you were a fan and you were like, like most things you want a poster. Cause you want to say, this is what I'm about. And like, you know, you should check this out, which is probably like the idealistic version of fandom, uh, you you have to admit that if you truly get the film, you're you're going against its principles to then go buy right. more shit. You don't need to to support a film that's about you know. Hey, don't do that. That's that's what has sent this character into this this nervous and emotional breakdown. I, it's probably uh, even though I didn't expect uh, Deadpool to be that big of a hit. Now it would be incredibly subversive. Now that they've got a, a possible like you know billion dollar. Uh, a movie franchise on their hands to expect them to, to really rub people's noses in it. I think they should. But who would that serve, though, if, if they if they did? Uh, me, I guess, Us over here at Marcus Play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very honest. Um, you know what it reminds me, me of? Is,
3: and I was trying to think of an example. You brought up Fight Club, which is a really good example. But for me, it would be Birdman, where there's a lot of okay. talk in that movie just taking dumps all over – Film goers and and their choices and taking a dump on critics and their lack of ability to you know understand the film and 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 then also taking dumps at like the pretentious sort of way that that uh, the making of art is perceived. It's just that movie really got under my skin for that reason. I, I feel like that was my like amped up Deadpool that just kind of took a shot at me and I just really I was sort of insulted by it and I was like ah fuck this guy I, I don't want him to do anything hmm. um I think that as viewers we we have our different limits and we have our different I guess um thresholds of what insults us and what doesn't or what we can tolerate. we we sort of you know tolerate I guess uh which brings me to my podcast that I brought up was uh that I brought to, to share for show and tell is film junk so these guys were talking about the original uh Deadpool film when it came out and one of the guys on there uh from a microwave perspective he took a look at the there's a sequence in there where they do the the superhero pose landing or whatever it's called and how that deadpool mocks it the character Deadpool mocks it and then does it, it but it's it, it's almost like trying to have its cake in it too, which is what really pissed off this this reviewer i guess
1: I guess there's a specific thing I need to address with regards to jay's cracking a smile, not smiling, not being amused, a specific moment mm-hmm. where they address something that Jay called the moratorium on a long time ago.
0: The superhero She's going to land
1: like a superhero, which Jay, I, like, Jay was way ahead of the wave on that. But you had to be loving that how, moment.
0: How, did, uh, how I, did you
1: feel about that moment?
0: It was like, okay, at least there... It, it kind of annoyed me. Yeah, that's what i wanted to cuz <laughs> they they still did it. Wow. They called it out but they're still doing it. Well, and it's like, not going to change anything. That's that's the problem with this movie is it where's this sort of like we're better than everything cuz we're calling everything out. But you don't think that but, I no. mean that that could
2: change things cuz now people are aware that that's a thing that's become a cliche well, and people are going to be
1: afraid
0: to cliche cliche do it. A it's but, a cliche people love. It's a cliche people love. But now we love. get into
1: a movie that this reminded me of in a, a few ways. But specifically, this element, and that's Mm kick-ass, and the idea of what is satire. If you're doing the things that you're making fun of, and it's not over the top or taken to a heightened level, is it still satire, or are you just doing it? I remember specifically getting into this debate, talking about that. And at least Deadpool, while doing it, is acknowledging it. It's not a, a buried... Satire. I think it's easier to pull those elements or commentary out from Deadpool than it is from Kick Ass. That's not to say it's hilarious in those regards, but it it reminded
0: me of when Ricky now Ricky Gervais's attitude towards hosting the Golden Globes is always talking about how they've invited me back to host. What are they crazy? (laughs) Don't they know I'm going to say this, this, and this? And this movie starting with, oh your girlfriend thinks this is a, a superhero movie? Well, wait until she sees what we have in store. And what you have in store is a superhero movie that just has some swearing and some violence. I it's not breaking a, any sort of mold. And it's just creating a new mold that as we're now seeing will be copied because this made money. Um it didn't it wasn't copied when Punisher War Zone came out and just Uh, gave us a a masterpiece of (laughs) violence and Mm -hmm. uh, colorful lighting. But this movie, it's just so obnoxious.
3: And (laughs) it was like, this is dumb as hell. This is not some sort of satire or anything like that. This is just literally, uh, I think he called it um, just annoying maybe, or just an annoying film because it just tries to have its cake and eat it too. And um, I think that, He's, you know, his voice is a little, uh, is a little less, uh, uh, I mean, not, not a lot of people agree with that guy, right? So he's, you know, I think I do. You know, I, mean, I, I wasn't the hugest fan of Deadpool, but I think that it was, I guess, benign enough that people, the, like those, those little moments there that people just didn't care. It, it was still just a superhero movie at the bottom.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes the, the attempt, is is enough I didn't think about it uh, ahead of time but as, as you were talking about it and, and referencing uh, what was discussed on Film Junk it made me think okay what am I guilty of uh, as far as films that kind of point out the the narrative conventions uh, and how stupid they are and then then they proceed to sort of jump headfirst into it but yet I forgive them for their sins and uh, I think moneyball's a really good example for, for my personal taste because um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, this would be a terrible pun, but it's, it is actually about inside baseball. Like it is inside it is. the operations and like the conventions of the sport itself or how the, the, the sport of baseball is run by the people who build teams. And I I think there's a, you know, the, when you're watching it as a film, the, the filmmakers are also kind of pointing out the conventions of audience's expectations when they're watching a sports movie and, and, you know, specifically like an underdog sports movie, which Moneyball very much is the, the the character, you know, the real life person, Billy Bean that Brad Pitt is playing, you know, the premises and they, they set it up, you know, if, in case you're not a baseball fan, like the Oakland A's have this much money. The New York Yankees have this much money. So the expectation is the Yankees will, will always win. And then you're going to see him attempt to buck the system with his, his scrappy picks And I, I mean, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't think I've ever talked about Moneyball with you, but even knowing the real life events, I did find as I was watching the movie, kind of getting swept up in what this team can accomplish. And, you know, like I'm not an Oakland A's fan, but I'm, I'm rooting for them and I'm watching the movie and I'm, I'm sort of hanging on like every, every at bat, hoping that they can overcome. But the film itself has kind of told me and the the character in the film, Billy Bean has said, you know, those results Uh, it's just at a certain point you do your best, but it's just totally random. And it's not a reflection of what was actually accomplished here. But what I love about the movie is that even though that's this guy's philosophy, you see him raging in the locker room. Like he's, he can be like this objective guy and saying like, you know, we try to put the best product on the field, but it's the way the ball bounces sometimes. And yet he's the one that takes it. He's like emotionally devastated and slamming the bat against the wall and unable to like enjoy any of like the fruits of their labor that's probably a little bit more high end compared to something like Deadpool. Like I, I think with look, a character like that, not have any sort of
3: high end.
2: Well, uh, well, uh, you know, the character of Deadpool himself, I just, because I just recently re- rewatched the first one. I, I haven't seen it since uh, it came out in, in theaters and, you know, like even the guy who uh, is given terminal cancer, you know, he's going to the gag, he's going to the joke. I mean, there's a little bit where you're like, Oh, that's, terrible for this guy that's going to become Deadpool. But the way they even frame the story is they open with the action sequence and then go back to him, uh, getting, you know, his origin story of, of, uh, death sins. So even the framing of it is meant to where like, don't take this too seriously because he's going to become awesome. And he's going to cut people in half with samurai swords later on. So, yeah, I think that's fair to say, you know, there's, there's, there are different aims there where, uh, where Moneyball sets you up and then there's a gut punch that they told you to expect. And Deadpool, uh, is it a gut punch? You know, there's too much fun. It's yeah, on to the next no, it's, thing. It's on to the next joke and action it's sequence. Too, so, too cotton candy to
3: to to be a gut punch, right? I mean, yeah. no one cares. Um, it's still just a good. T- <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, see, I said Moneyball's a little more high end. <laughs> and, and you you uh, you take a swipe at me, and then you come back with no one cares. <laughs> well, <laughs> no one cares about that. <laughs> I can't
3: help it, man. It's so. Uh, yeah, yeah, i I I I guess I, I don't.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words here. Um, it's just this is when you're struggling to say something nice or positive. Yeah. Like I, I, I've never really talked with you about uh, Deadpool before, but uh, I'm I'm guessing you align with the uh, the film junk uh, show as far as uh, it sounds like you're just getting increasingly agitated. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I, we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just I, I to play it out of
3: both sides of your mouth is is I don't see what's original. Like it's fine. Superhero movies are fine. You know, they're a good time. Blah blah blah. But to 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 say that it's something different or something revolutionary or anything like that, I think is a, is a little stretch too far. It's just a comic book movie with jokes, and that's all it is. And Film Junk certainly, you know, stated that a few times throughout their podcast. Uh, but. I, you know, kind of going back to the the original topic is what's the longevity of something like this? I think mean, there's tons of it. You know, there's, it'll play forever because it, it's popular. I mean, it's it's
2: well, that depends. So you're 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 pausing. It'll play forever because it it leans too far into the superhero world as opposed to it, it's representing itself as more of a comedy. At least that's I think if you ask people what they liked about Deadpool, they would probably say, oh, that you know he's so funny and he right. makes fun of uh, himself in the movies. But you know what is is there a long-running comedy franchise? Because I, I, you know, I think comedy sequels have that reputation of just not really yeah, working no, out. You're right? There's a, there's definitely a, a, a diminishing returns as
3: sequels. Kind of. I'm trying to think in my head what is the longest-running comedy thing that I can think of. But even. You know, some of my favorite comedies have gotten sequels and still, like, Meet the Parents. I love that comedy. The second one, The Returns. The third one, even worse.
2: Hangover is one yep.
3: that, uh, you know. They literally regurgitated the same movie three times and expected. Uh, especially it to the be, second one. Be, be funny and, and laughable, but that, but then again, in the comic book realm, you regurgitate the same movie 35 times and you have this 10 year celebration of it. So, I mean, maybe it's just the, the genre that it's
2: trying to play in. Can you imagine a world where we're, we're on the, uh, you know the tenth straight year of a, a summer hangover movie where we're <laughs> we're watching these guys age, like in Boyhood, or uh, you know the the Before trilogy years, where you're just seeing them go back to Vegas or some other uh, disgusting you know city to, of decadence uh, over and over. Like at some point, well, I th- I think if you get to like the eighth one, the eighth straight year, I'm probably thinking like, God, these sequels, like, why are they making these? I think <laughs> there are some jokes, and if they had the balls, like for whatever reason, let's say Bradley Cooper said, I want to use my. You know, my, my guardian's money or, or whatever, like this is, uh, or my hangover one residuals and just keep making this. Uh, I think by the eighth one, the eighth straight year, I, I probably would find it hilarious if they kept <laughs> going back, like thinking we needed to check in with those guys and see them age like in real life. Uh, that's a project, uh, Richard Linklater, uh, should get on. He should take over that series. I don't think he should because he was so underappreciated with the first one he did.
3: <laughs> he lets a piece of turd like Birdman. <laughs> take all the take all the awards
2: oh there we go it's it's been a while since we've had a uh, boyhood birdman uh podcast discussion i feel like that was very popular saving
3: it for deadpool too yeah yeah obviously
2: (laughs) and that was interesting what you said about birdman so you're you were saying like did you feel like the film was attacking you for for your investment film absolutely i didn't feel that i felt like i I had the opposite i felt like it was attacking the the creators themselves for, for like losing sight of who they are and losing sight of like the actual content that they produce. That And I actually kind of enjoyed it that way. See, I took a, I thought
3: it took a swipe at a lot of things and incoherently. Mm, so okay. it took a swipe at critics. It took a swipe at the big budget audiences like the, the lovers of Marvel movies and, and, and superhero things. But it also took a swipe at, at the art house and the filmmakers and the, it just – it was just so all over the place. It was just like a like a baby throwing a tantrum who doesn't know who to yell at anymore. <laughs> That's what Birdman was to me. I was like, I'm done with you because now I got caught in the crossfire. I got hit with a collateral damage, and I didn't really like it. And you know what?
2: You <laughs> get out of my face. Look, boyhood's right there. Ten times better. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't imagine. I mean. Maybe we're recording this in advance. Uh I doubt that there'll be a Birdman-like reaction from most of the audience for Deadpool 2, or even something like The Hangover 2, where where people are like, "Hey, I really like the first one, and then they gave me more of what I thought I wanted, but I don't want it anymore." I I think it'll. It'll probably succeed, and we'll we'll be seeing X Force or whatever. We'll be seeing Deadpool ride off into the sunset when uh, Disney acquires them, right? Oh, <laughs> who owns them right now? Is it Fox? Fox? Yeah, or? I guess we're waiting. We're waiting to see if that uh, Disney is allowed to acquire Fox, or if that deal deal goes through. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that will be the only thing that will kill Deadpool. Is uh, you know, if you bring him into the uh, the MCU, they won't. Uh, they, the the reins will be tightened even more because um, I yeah. I mean I like Marvel's comedic sensibilities but I <laughs> I don't think anyone's accusing Thor Ragnarok of being edgy you know no. this is all <laughs> so yeah, no. I can only imagine Deadpool being uh, watered down even further which actually is not a big uh, not being a big fan of Deadpool I think it would be fine with because that would just mean less Deadpool movies in the long run yeah all right yeah uh, so yeah we ended on a, a negative note yet again a very negative note yeah. This has been marcus played that's that's how we do it so uh if you would like to uh, wallow in the negativity, we are on Twitter at Marcus Played Pod, Instagram at Marcus Played. We have a Facebook group, uh, which are you know, usually are cesspools of negativity, but uh, strangely, the one we have, people are just sort of saying, "Hey, this is what I talked about. Uh, check it out. It's very positive." And uh, you can help do the uh, the work on any of those social media platforms by recommending your own shows or maybe the ones that you listen that to. Would be awesome. Yeah, we'll check it out and. Uh, yeah, you know, As we did here, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Moneyball. We'll talk about any movie. It doesn't have to be, uh, hey, I've got a Deadpool podcast for Deadpool. We'll, we'll we'll find a way into the conversation. And we will revisit, assuredly, Birdman and Boyhood on probably, what, ten more episodes this year, Ira, I hope so. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. I, I am too. I, it gives me a reason to break out that uh, Boyhood criterion I've got on the shelf. So, Where's your Deadpool criterion? <laughs> I hope that never happens. Some people may enjoy it. Uh, just not for me. That's probably this show too. This is it. That's all we got. Uh, we're no longer for you, so hit that subscribe button and check us out next time where I believe we'll be talking about yet another franchise. This summer movie season we'll be uh, discussing solo and uh, how Star Wars fans are kind of unhappy right now. And uh, we're going to contribute to that.
1: You can sing until you run
2: out of work.
3: You'll just help.